Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Be Unbound podcast. This week, I'm joined by an Unbound alumni, Steven Peterson, who many of you probably already know, but maybe many of you don't quite fully understand how interesting Steven is. So we'll be getting into that in this podcast, and uh, I'm excited to uh, to have him on the show this week. And uh, right before we do, though, I just want to remind you guys that um, if you have a friend, a family member, or if you just know somebody who you think is the right fit for Unbound, you can go to beunbound.us slash refer. Um, you can get your unique referral link when you go there. And uh, if they apply and enroll uh, through your with your referral link, then um, you actually qualify for some free benefits, including free registration to an event of your choice and free access to our Navigate course, which is actually restarting uh, this March. So we're doing another round of Navigate. So go ahead and check out beunbound.us slash refer to learn more about that. Um, but with that out of the way, I'm kind of curious. So, Stephen, like you've been a part of at the time it was called college plus and now it's unbound and you're still a part of the community you're involved in the forums you actually just helped us transition the technology <laughs> of the forums from pearson platforms to our platforms and it actually went super smoothly um and uh but i'm just kind of curious like do you remember the the time like the day that you joined unbound how long have you been a part of it and what are kind of your early memories i I think if I remember right, it was um, mid-June of 2012 uh, when I actually enrolled in my first um, actual meeting um, with my coach, I think it was in August. So uh, yeah, I've been around, been around for a few years. And um, I think the first place I really kind of got plugged in was uh, in, into the community was the forums community. But at that time, that pretty much was the community. <laughs> we didn't really have a lot of um, other avenues like Facebook and all that kind of stuff at that time. Um, that all happened uh, a couple years later that uh, was when a lot of that stuff started picking off or kicking off yeah awesome and then what was what was your major uh so the major i ended up with was a uh major a bsba in general management through thomas edison state university um but I was one of those people that didn't really know um along the way where I was going to land and so I think over the course of my um, over the course of my time, I, I looked at, I think, 11 different majors because um, I was interested in all sorts of different things. And so finally ended up going with general management because it had a lot more flexibility and just threw a bunch of other things into my general management degree. So I was studying emergency medicine and I was studying uh, computer stuff and everything else as kind of as far as this business degree. <laughs> so it's pretty uh, is so it's it's pretty diverse degree, um, mm -hmm. which I think is probably uh I think a lot of unbounders are kind of that way with uh, just how many interests they have. But that's it's kind of wild that you can have a degree with that many different fields inside of it. Right. Well, I mean, if you're if you're going to pay for your education, and you're going to go study stuff. You might as well, you know, study the things that are actually going to benefit you and the things that you're doing. And I've used all of those different pieces over the over the years. So, yeah. And so I guess then. How did you get involved in the community? I guess, did you start pretty early on in the forums? I think I started day one. <laughs> so okay. I, I, got, I got the email, hey, you're invited to, to join this community. And so I uh, hopped on and, and was basically involved from that point on. Um, and then as the community uh, developed and expanded into uh, new, um, new platforms and, and new avenues, and we started setting up some regional events and the national events and things like that. Um, my involvement expanded to 
uh, to encompass all of that. So when Apex started, I was involved in that. When um, back before um, the national events, uh, we had a lot of unofficial gatherings that happened around the country. And so I was involved in some of those. So start, started to get connected in with students a little more closely there. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely one thing to interact with people online and you can do a lot online, but it's really, really cool, uh, when you're able to engage in some of these events and actually interact with people in person, um, partially just because, um, there, one of the big differences between, um, people I've gotten to know through the Unbound community and people I've gotten to know through other means is, um, when you start a relationship online or when you, um, start with this kind of base that you're working from, and then you meet people in person, um, you really value the amount, the amount of time that you have. And so you're not killing time. You're really making use of that time and really, um, you know, being intentional with that time. And, um, then when you are no longer in the same place, it's much easier to kind of keep that up, um, than it is in a lot of the other circles that I've, that I've been in previously. And so one thing I have really, um, I guess, respected and enjoyed about this community. One of the reasons I'm still involved after, um, you know, almost nine years is um, the fact that there are a lot of really talented people, a lot of really cool people here, but um, they're really people worth uh, investing in and, and worth getting to know. Um, there's a lot of really, really high quality people in this community. And I've really, really respected that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've had the exact same experience. And it's actually something I remember when I was on the 2016 cabinet that it was like that was the, the big thing was like trying to figure out how to explain what you were just explaining, because it's like, you know, it's especially if you're a new student, you're not really plugged in the community. Maybe you're online a little bit. You've never been to an event. It's like you just have to come to an event. I just I don't it's like I can't. I don't know how to tell you, but like these are the coolest people you've ever met. And you're going to want to come to every event after that. And like, it's just, yeah, it, it was very difficult to, to describe because it's just the level of intentionality. It's like, you go talk to somebody, it's like, they're actually trying to do something with their life and they're like a real Christian. And it's like, you realize that like this type of person is so rare that you're like, I want to hang out with these people all the time because th these are the people that I want to be like. Um, so I think that's, Definitely a takeaway. Were you at um, Were you at Texas Armageddon that that first Texas regional? No, I was there the year after that. <laughs> okay, yeah, because I was trying to remember when we met, and I it must have been at the first Apex. Yeah, CPE three is what it was called then. So the uh, twenty thirteen, I think it was. I think it was twenty fourteen, maybe, but right right around then. Yeah, yeah, somewhere somewhere around that time frame. Yeah. Well, there we go. And I, I think I think one of the most interesting things about this community um, that's very very different than many of the other college communities I've uh, been a part of or observed is the uh, because like people don't really tend to circle around the year of school or their major. You kind of have all these different people from all these different backgrounds doing all these different things, and they're all kind of <laughs> running around in the same circles, and so. Um, you're not really dealing with like, oh, you've got all the engineers here, though, you know, mm -hmm. there are people that can do this type of thing, or you're not dealing with all the computer people over here, though there are people that can do that kind of thing. Everyone's kind of crossing over. And so you end up developing a lot of really broad connections to a lot of different places um, in a lot of different fields. And so like, even at work, you know, I run across issues where um, I know somebody that works in this company over here. So I'll just call them directly and say, hey, <laughs> How do you handle these types of situations as opposed to, um, you know, just grabbing whatever 
um, their general support line is, or, you know, asking questions about people that I know have started businesses doing these types of things. And um, you have the the breadth of, of exposure to a lot of different people doing the, those types of things. And, and that's been really cool. I know Jonathan Brush noted um, that the first couple of years, he's like, I just expected everyone to come together and then kind of start splitting off into mm-hmm. their groups and just kind of stay in those groups. And he said, I just kept waiting and waiting and it, it never happened. <laughs> everyone just kind of continued getting to know um, all the different people there. And I think one of the challenges you, you walk away from something like Apex um, with these national events and you basically say, I wish I would have been able to meet that person more. I wish I would have been able mm-hmm. to, to really invest in, in more conversations with this person because everyone is so cool. You can't like, you just can't invest in everyone all at the same time, but it's a really, really good launch, um, launch point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I, and I, yeah, I've had the same experience because, and I think that's that, that's that natural curiosity too, that's present in the community where everyone is kind of interested in everything. We're not all doing everything, <laughs> but it's like, if you want to talk about how to write custom scripts for your browser for about 15 minutes, almost anybody in the room will do that with you, even if they don't know anything about scripts. Right. <laughs> and so like, it's just this interesting place. Um, it's like so much focus on just learning and um, developing. And so it's, it's very cool. I think so. And then when did you graduate? Was it, do you remember? Um, I think it was September of 2017 is, I think, when okay. that all ended up rolling through. Okay. Um, so I was in the program for about five years. Okay. And did you, um, yeah, there's the, there's the two ends of the spectrum, right? There's the, there's the kids, there's the Christian matinees of the world that get their degree in like 18 months and just like blast through. But then there's the, the folks that decide to be more involved in the community. Maybe they have jobs they're doing all these different things. And so they, they hang out a little bit, but like, I think technically my timeline was like three and a half years or something like that. But I mean, obviously been in the community and been doing different things for like eight years, nine years, like a long time. And so, but since you've graduated, I guess what, like, did you, were you working in school? Did you have a job lined up when you left? Like what happened? So, uh, school was interesting. I, and initially a lot of the, the reason I slow, I kept it at a slower pace is because of finances and because I kind of wanted to pace things out to where, uh, I mean, I was able to graduate debt free, never took out any loans or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a huge deal. Um, but that involved a lot of work mm-hmm. <laughs> through school. So, um, initially I actually, um, when I turned 18, I set up a computer business, computer repair business and kind of branched out into doing some web design and computer consulting and stuff like that. Um, and so that kept me very busy. Um, I think I ended up working with like over 150 different clients over the years. Um, most of them local. So that's, and when you end up working in a small, in a small business, a lot of those are repeats that you're circling back through regularly. In some of those cases, I'd actually just set up weekly appointments with some of my clients. Um, and they just keep a list and just say, I want to learn this, how to do this and this and this and this. And then I'd come in every week and we just sit down and teach them how to do those things. And you end up developing some really good relationships and and a really cool uh, kind of support base doing that kind of thing. So I was doing that through school. Um, I also uh, near the tail end of school uh, was working as emergency medical technician with um, uh, an ambulance service in the area. And so I'd go out and um, take a bunch of computers I needed to repair with me to station, um, sit in station for, uh, 12 hours. And, um, you know, whenever the pager went off, I'd, you know, leave my school books behind or, or whatever else I was doing, whatever computers I was working on, jump in the rig, go, 
you know, an hour and a half later or whatever, come back and clean everything out and then circle back to whatever I was doing before. So ended up being um, a lot of good um, experience there. Um, I also did a lot of volunteer work during that time. So doing a lot of uh, work with my church and various other things, um, helping them design and implement a bunch of new systems. And um, then also did some work for a local YMCA, doing a lot of customer service and helping them uh, with a lot of the, the various different things that come up. Um, you know, figuring out what better, more streamlined ways of doing things and stuff while I was there. So it was a really interesting uh, process of kind of having all these different spheres kind of intersecting. Um, and then after school, um, I ended up uh, moving into a uh, full-time IT position in Dallas um, with an organization that kind of morphed into doing a lot more cybersecurity type work, which is another interest of mine. Um, after moving to Dallas, I also um, started doing some work as a um, private security officer. So I got my level two, three, and four certifications doing that. Um, and then was um, helping out in the local uh, uh, college community with Dallas International University uh, since I was um, living in the area and was able to do a lot of work with those students and just kind of help them with various different things. So um, that ended up, um, so I've worked with several um, different companies over the last few years doing cybersecurity work and um, kind of helping different companies figure uh, out, not necessarily so much the uh, infrastructure cybersecurity, which is a really, really big deal, but um, more I'm interested in the, the end user element um, when you start introducing people into the mix and dealing with um, really cybersecurity from the standpoint of training and training really, really well so that people understand kind of what the threats are and how to mitigate those threats. So that's a lot of what I ended up doing with that. Um, and that also can intersect with the physical security realm a little bit. So that's been kind of fun to, to kind of work in that nexus a little bit. Um, and then recently took a position with Dallas International University as Associate Dean of Students, where I'm mostly working with um, the student community, both um, students that are on site and students that are off site. Um, helping them with all the different uh, needs that they come up with and figuring out how to make sure that they're not just getting um, prepared academically, but also um, spiritually and emotionally for um, whatever they're going to be doing. Um, a lot of them end up doing international cross-cultural work um, as well. And then I'm continuing to do some of my cybersecurity roles with um, a couple other organizations as well and continuing to do some international travel to do some training and things like that with that. So yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting road the last few years. That's just, yeah. Can we all just take a second to appreciate that that was like a five minute, like full, like list of like a full resume of just completely random things Steven has done for the last few years. Like that's, I mean, that's insane that, but, and, and even just the visual like of you like you're running your own computer repair business. So you've got these like broken computers, you're studying your books and it's like, Oh, time to hop in the ambulance. <laughs> like That's pretty cool. Um, well, yeah, at, at some point um, I was getting ready to onboard with an organization doing it work um, while I was also as an EMT. And so there was a, there's a gap of a few months where they, they were having major staffing shortages and I was working um, up in Iowa still and finishing all my stuff up. And so I'd actually jump in the ambulance and on the way back from the call, you know, when I'm in the back, not doing anything, um, I'd actually be responding to help test tickets from my phone. So. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so like, I guess 
from your like just to go and in, dive into a couple of these things from your time as an EMT, do you have like a, a favorite story of something that happened? You had to have seen a lot of things. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you could you I could mean, take some time to think, but yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, the thing the thing is, as an EMT, you see everything from you know people that are going in for very um, very low acuity stuff. Um, you know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, toothache or something like that. And it's just the, the method that they decided to use to go to the hospital. Um, and there's a number of reasons for that. But um, so you end up with stuff like that. And then you end up with the hair raising, um, mm-hmm. you know, just trying not to lose a patient in the back the whole time that you're going. Um, and so um, I think when you are calling, you know, favorite stories, <laughs> you have to I, look at. Probably not the best word. Memorable moments, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Memorable moments. I I think one of them was um, you, you end up with some really good conversations with patients, patients that are experiencing some sort of medical crisis, but um, are, are very present and very, you know, able to converse and things like that. It's just you're running them, um, you know, so, sometimes cancer patients or different things like that that are dealing with severe complications. And so you have to run them, you know, an hour and a half to their uh, hospital that's doing their cancer treatments and stuff like that. Um, and so it's a, it's a much longer trip, but you, all, you have the option to, you know, hear some of their stories and hear about, um, their life somewhat. And that's, um, that's kind of a cool, a cool thing. Um, that does not happen super often, mm-hmm. um, at least in my experience. Um, and then you also have the calls that, um, are maybe very, very difficult calls. Like my first cardiac arrest where I'm doing, you know, CPR for forever <laughs> and, um, but you're able to see a whole community of people, you know, law enforcement coming in and, and helping and firefighters coming in and helping and emergency medical um, crews coming in and helping. And you're all converging for the sake of trying to um, help one uh, one person survive. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a really, really cool thing to be a part of that kind of team and that kind of, of effort. Um, or when you're out on the side of the road and you've got the whole highway shut down because you're trying to deal with a car accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to see all of those different pieces coming together and um, working together and trying to keep everyone safe. And it, it's a really, really cool um, situation, even in some of the really, really difficult calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super. That That's crazy. And it's funny. At, at times I've thought, it just it being an EMT and being involved in those um, services, it just has to be such a commitment. And I mean, I've heard I've I've talked to other friends. I, the hours are crazy. The things you see are crazy. <laughs> like that's just it's wild. But I'm glad there's people out there doing it. So yeah, well, and you know, I mean, it does kind of go with the job, but you're going to end up with crazy hours in a lot of different professions. It's just, a, it's a little bit different when you're, uh, you're having to think, um, sometimes an hour, hour and a half ahead. It's like, Oh, I might be hungry in an hour. So I should probably start eating now <laughs> before yeah. I get called out. You know, some of those types of things are getting woken up in the middle of the night and being able to jump out of bed and, uh, get into the rig, you know, within a couple minutes is, you know, keeps, keeps things interesting. That's for sure. (laughs) No kidding. That sounds like an understatement. Um, and so I think too, then going like, and then so past there, you, uh, you started your work in cyber. So I guess like, did you get a special education in cyber? How did you get into it? What was the, 
the lots most. of on the job training. <laughs> okay. Um, and not necessarily formal training, but more just a, Oh, there's this need and we need to go and figure out how to meet that need. Um, I kind of, I fill the void, not necessarily, um, a, like I was definitely underqualified <laughs> when I started out and, um, a lot of the experience came, um, as we encountered needs and, um, and as we were figuring out, you know, what, what does this look like? And so one of my biggest assets just, um, became, uh, RSS aggregators, um, where I could go through and just basically subscribe to dozens of different feeds, um, cybersecurity related feeds and just monitor, you know, what's happening in real time and um, be able to start, you know, taking kind of the, the approach that I've done all the way through school, which is, you know, taking different resources and learning different concepts for a lot of the credit exam, credit by exam uh, tests that I was taking and figuring out, okay, we have a situation here. We, we need to learn how to, how to tackle these types of issues. What do we need to do to accomplish that? And because a lot of the cybersecurity work I was doing wasn't necessarily as sysadmin heavy, um, because a lot of cyber, when you're talking corporate cybersecurity, um, a lot of that tends to focus more on um, your servers and on um, policy enforcement and different things like that. And while there's definitely a component of that, I would argue that um, potentially the bigger cybersecurity risk is your end user. And you cannot um, just enforce policies and expect that to work. Um, you really need to be sitting down with your staff and you need to be working through uh, with them um, you know, helping them understand, um, what good behavior looks like and not necessarily good behavior and like, don't click on these links. Um, but especially if you're working in a, in a business setting, you have regulations that you have to follow like HIPAA, um, if you're in the education setting, FERPA and some of these other types of things. And so even being able to sit down and figure out, you know, how can I help you improve your workflow and, um, streamline your workflow so that hopefully you can get more done and focus on things that you need to focus on while also helping them recognize that these are some of the risks that are out there and, um, kind of taking it from a nebulous, um, like I know that there's, that hackers can do a bunch of stuff. And, um, I know that like, there's all these things I need to be concerned about, but kind of contextualizing kind of the nebulous threat down to something that, um, that they can walk away and, and say, oh, I understand what that is now. And I understand why I need to be doing these things. Um, and a nebulous threat is a very scary thing because you don't understand um, kind of what what the actual threat is. And so um, if we can contextualize that down or if we can bring that down to an actual understanding of, um, you know, this is this is what that means <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in our environment. This is what that means um, with what we're doing. Um, not only are you enabling your your end users, but you're also um, giving them a lot of tools that they can um, that they can use both in the workplace, but also as they go home. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess um, as an end user myself, and I and for most of our listeners, <laughs> is there a, is there anything that comes to mind where you're just like, I just kind of wish everybody would do X, Y, Z more often. Or is it like having stronger passwords? Is it using a password manager? Like what, just talking like totally generically, just some yeah. advice. So the thing with cybersecurity is it's so broad. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I what I like to talk to people about initially is, you know, obviously we have the, the security of your device. So your computer, your tablet, your phone, whatever. Um, and so 
you might be looking at things like encryption, you might be looking at things like really strong passwords on those devices. So if that device gets stolen or pulled out of the equation or compromised because of viruses or something, um, what's actually going to be on that? What kind of damage can be done there? So that's one. And then we've got the security of your accounts, your internet accounts, like your email accounts, social media, um, anything that's residing somewhere else where you're not necessarily controlling it. And obviously, we want to deal with um, data breaches and things that happen there. And so um, for that sphere, um, subscribing to something like Have I Been Pwned, where they're automatically emailing you anytime they find your information in a data breach um, or, you know, doing phishing training. Um, so that um, Google has a really good phishing, um, phishing quiz. Sonicwall has a good phishing quiz where you can actually go and it'll show you a bunch of different emails and you have to look at them and figure out, okay, is this legitimate or not? And um, kind of working uh, yourself through some of that training is really, really helpful um, because it not only is, is giving you information, but it's exercising your ability to actually use that information. And um, really just kind of getting people to slow down enough when they get an email, they get a link or something like that, slow down take a look at it and then make a step instead of just, you know, jumping straight into something like that. Um, one of the big things that I also go over is, you know, if you're looking at a big long URL, how do you identify if, if that's probably safe or not? And there's all sorts of ways that you can do that. Um, that's something that normally takes a little bit of time because people just aren't used to thinking that way. Um, so we're dealing with device security, internet security. You want to deal with the connection security between the two. Um, so if you're in a public place, uh, you want to be using a reputable VPN, not a free VPN, but an actual reputable VPN. Um, if you're in an airport, hotel, coffee shop, that kind of stuff, um, that might be a consideration. Um, and then we all obviously want to deal with um, what I would consider methods of communication, which is, you know, if we're going to be communicating sensitive info, especially in the workplace, we want to make sure that we're doing that through appropriate channels and doing it the right way, um, because that gets into a bunch of... Um, not just legal enforcement and that kind of stuff, but we want to make sure that we're being wise with the data that we've got and, um, and protecting that information so that if an email account um, gets broken into, you know, what, what's the extent of the damage that we're looking at? Or if um, you've got somebody that um, is uh, presenting regularly um, in front of audiences and stuff, and they've got their email client, um, set up so that it pops up notifications every time uh, they're uh, receiving email and you're sending, you know, sensitive health uh, information to them and it's popping up on the screen while they're presenting, you know, that kind of stuff. We, we just want to think through some of these types of things and, and make sure that we're handling information appropriately. So th those are kind of the four different spheres and each of those, you know, looks different and there's different ways that we can interact with that, which is one of the reasons I'm usually teaching in workshops where we can actually start interacting with this information and then start contextualizing, you know, what the next step looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I do appreciate the uh, cliff notes there version. Um, <laughs> if you're talking about like reputable VPNs, do any come to mind as like, oh, these are good VPNs to use? Well, um, so there's there are um, some different sources online um, that can um, give you some of that information. Um, ExpressVPN is one that is uh, often touted as a really good one. It's a okay. little more on the expensive side. Um, Surfshark is a less expensive one that I've been experimenting with, and so far it's been doing pretty well. Okay. Um, a lot of things with your VPNs is you have to figure out, you know, are you going to prioritize um, the cost? Are you going to prioritize speed? Or what are you going to be prioritizing? Because ExpressVPN has very quick servers. But um, they're gonna, you're going to pay a little bit more for that. And um, other VPNs, you know, you have to prepay a year, whereas maybe you're going on a trip and are really only concerned about that trip. So you want to just do a couple months at a time. 
Um, so like different VPNs, mm -hmm. well, like you can do ExpressVPN for a much shorter period of time, but you're gonna pay a lot more. So you just, mm -hmm. you wanna look at some different options and figure out, you know, based on your specific situation and what you're planning and using it for, um, you know, what, what are the options, uh, what's the best option gonna be based on, you know, pricing and functionality and security and all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Well, I think too, it's funny, um, you bring up even just the, uh, like, uh, identifying phishing threats. And some of my friends work for these gigantic corporations, right? That do routine, like, you know, it's like a fire drill for them. It's like, we're going to yep. do a phishing test and I'm sure yep, you're very familiar. That. Yeah. I'm sure you guys do, but <laughs> it, sometimes they're just, they're downright mean, you know, like I heard about one over the holidays where the, the company sent out and it was like, um, it was like Christmas bonus information and it was a phishing email. So all these people fell for it because it like, it looked kind of legit. And I was like, man, that's mean. Like, you're just like, anyway, you're, <laughs> you're, you're pitching a but, but, but if you're a hacker, that's exactly the type of thing you'd want to well, do. And we also quickly discovered that, uh, because we have them set to just auto send and they send over a period of several days mm -hmm. um, so that not everyone's getting it at the same time. So you don't give everyone the heads up. Mm -hmm. But um, what we very quickly discovered is whenever that um, that period reset and we sent out the next batch, it, it's automatically doing it, but we get a flood of help desk emails. Um, mm -hmm. Basically saying, is this legit? It's like, like no. well, let me show you what to, let me show you what to look for. And if it looks fishy, then just hit the report spam button. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's kind of it's not kind of a weird universe. We have to do that now. You know, ten years ago, twenty years ago, that wasn't really a thing. But um, so I guess the, looking back over just the amount of experience that you've got in the last few years, all the different fields you've been in, you've also done, as you mentioned, um, some more like physical security type things. More like, uh, oh, did you say it was privacy officer? Is that what you were referring yeah, to? Yeah, most mostly. Um, mostly helping out at, um, at churches and things like that. Um, okay. we, uh, the way Texas works is you have to, um, you have to be affiliated under a security company if you're a security officer in, in doing that type of work. And so, um, what one of the churches that I've attended, um, has chosen to do is, um, basically kind of create um, with a, a bunch of their church members, a security entity um, that manages all that stuff and has the insurance and all that kind of stuff. And so in serving with the church, you have to be affiliated with that security agency to be able to do that legally. Um, and so uh, that's, that's the route that we ended up going. Um, and so um, that's where I got a lot of my experience and more recently um, affiliated with our campus security um, firm as well, that just started a couple years ago. Um, and so, uh, you know, basically on call to help with different things on campus if, if, if needed as well. Gotcha. And so I guess just looking back over everything, what are there like, do you have kind of key lessons in your head of like, oh, this job taught me this and this job taught me that, or I learned not to do that again? You know, what, what were those lessons? Yeah, I think, I think one of the things that I learned kind of through the whole process is it's, um, like what you know is important or what you learn is important, but the way that you go about doing it is also really important. And, um, the, like one of the things that I, uh, did um, when I was finishing my schooling was I had all these different job opportunities that I was looking at. Cause I looked at doing 901 dispatch and I looked at doing, um, 
you know, EMS more full-time, more long-term. And I looked at um, doing business work and I looked at running, you know, doing more computer stuff. I, I looked at a number of different things. And, and um, one of the things that I ended up doing was looking at all the different jobs that I'd done so far and basically parsing them out. If I liked the job, what did I like about it? What mm-hmm. things didn't I like? Um, and um, in doing that, was able to start figuring out, okay, this is, this is how I work a little bit more. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, that kind of informed both uh, some of my decisions as far as further education, but it also informed some of my decisions as far as um, kind of role. And I also figured out kind of through that whole process that um, I don't really like jobs where the job title is, is all encompassing. Um, I like to ha- work in environments where there's a little more leeway and wiggle room um, and where we have a goal that we want to accomplish and um, everyone is, you know, thrusting towards that goal as, as, as quickly as possible. But that means everyone has to be doing everything that they can in their skill set to be able to make that happen instead of just, you know, crossing off a few items or, you know, doing a few specific things um, every day. I appreciate having kind of that rapid, that rapid change and stuff. And so um, as I was going through schooling and as I was um, doing these courses, um, yeah, there are definitely, definitely pieces of information that are really important and things that were sticking out um, that I needed to remember. Um, but the whole process of, of learning how to learn, mm-hmm. um, but also learning, um, as Jonathan Brush put it a while back, you know, the goal isn't to, to not fail. The goal is to fail faster and fail smarter mm-hmm. <laughs> so that you know how to do it better the next time and, and can actually, you know, change your method and, and keep trying something different. And that was definitely kind of um, the approach that, um, that I appreciated going through school and going through a lot of these different roles is, um, you know, trying new things and, and being okay with that and being okay with the fact that it may not work. Mm-hmm. Well, there you have it. I think that's a great place to close. Um, I really appreciate your time. This has been super interesting for me just to hear more about your experience and just the things that you've learned. Um, so I appreciate you guys taking the time and I appreciate our listeners um, for also taking the time to listen to this. Once again, if you guys go to bnbound.us slash refer, you can learn more about the referral promo um, that's currently open. Um, everything on that page is up to date. So you can get your unique referral link. You can send that to your friend and you can get those perks. So um, also, if you guys have any ideas for other guests that we should have on the podcast, um, Unbound students are super interesting people and I don't know 100% of them. I know a lot of them, but I don't know 100% of them. So you guys can always email beunbound. or sorry, you can always email podcast at beunbound.us and uh, that goes directly to me. So if you have thoughts, ideas, questions, Um, you can send them to that email and I'll be sure to read it. Um, So thanks for joining us and we will see you guys next time.